This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best, from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on the Goop list, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com host. When you are pioneering anything or introducing new ideas to the culture, you get criticized. You do? Yeah, did you hear about that? <laughs> I didn't find the one. I found someone I respected and we made it the one. In a sort of longing kind of view of love, people understand each other as if by magic. Nothing in itself is addictive on the one hand. On the other hand, everything could be addictive if there's an emptiness in that person that needs to be filled. I now know that nobody changes until they change their energy. And when you change your energy, you change your life. I'm Gwyneth Paltrow. This is the Goop Podcast bringing together thought leaders, culture changers, creatives, founders and CEOs, scientists, doctors, healers and seekers, here to start conversations, because simply asking questions and listening has the power to change the way we see the world. Here we go. My guest today is the very wonderful Carrie Washington. As you will hear in our conversation, we recorded this episode in front of a live audience. We haven't done very many live podcast recordings, but this is Carrie's second time on the Goop podcast and the second time she's done it live. Carrie has a new Hulu series called Unprisoned. She stars in it and is an executive producer too. I asked Carrie about how she embodied the therapist role that she plays on the show and why she felt compelled to tell this story. We also talk about being the protagonist of our own journeys, which is the inspiration behind Carrie's upcoming memoir. I'll let her tell you more about it in today's episode, but I'm very excited to read it when it comes out. Carrie has such an inspiring story, and I'm so proud of everything she's accomplished since our high school days together at Spence. So let's get to my chat with Carrie Washington. Welcome, everyone. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to be talking to Carrie, whom I adore. I don't know if any or many of you know this, but we went to high school together mm -hmm. in New York City. Mm -hmm. I'm much older than she is. Not much. She was in eighth grade when I was in 12th grade. <laughs> but we did a production of Midsummer Night's Dream together. Yes, we did. The middle schoolers were allowed to audition for the fairies in the upper school production. And so she was Queen Titania and I was a fairy. And that was really the production you wish you saw. That's right. That's right. And look at us now. So we, you know, this is funny. We have, we have not done very many live podcast recordings. In fact, we've only done one other, and it was with Carrie Washington. <laughs> I'm really good live. She's really good live. So I'm very excited to have you back here today. And I do, 
I do recommend, you know, listening to that one as well. It's, it was a really good one. And, you know, you just always bring so much depth and wisdom to everything. So I'm no really... pressure. No. <laughs> so I'm excited to talk to you today about your new show, which I've seen the pilot, and it's so great it's and so, so fun, funny. It? It's really fantastic, and it has such a, like, a unique tone because... Mm -hmm. It's funny, and yeah. you're really funny, but it has quite a serious like underpinning of yes. the whole story, which is it's called Unprisoned, and you're a producer, right? I am, yeah. Will you tell us a little bit about what it's about? Sure, sure. So this is a dream project for me because I love this tone. Actually, I'm very drawn to dramedy, which is how I would describe the show. And I play Paige, and my dad on the show, who's played by the brilliant Delroy Lindo, who's an acting hero of mine. Yeah, like just. Um, so he, <laughs> my dad on the show has been in and out of prison my entire life. And he comes out, and the show is really about what it's like to be a returning citizen, somebody who's trying to adjust to life as a formerly incarcerated person and what it's like to love somebody who's formerly incarcerated and what that adjustment period is like. And the show's inspired by the real life of a woman named Tracy McMillan, who's kind of a love relationship guru, and her dad was in and out of prison her whole life. And her two rules were, you like we can have a great relationship, but you can't ask me for money and you can't live with me. So the show is kind of her asking the question, like, what if she wasn't great about those rules and bended them a little bit? What would that be like? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's a beautiful relationship between a father and a daughter and all the complexities that can sometimes accompany that relationship. What was it about this particular story of father, daughter, love, and you also have a son? So it's like, you know, son, mother, father, which yes. is such an interesting dynamic. Was there something about a, a father-daughter relationship that appealed to you? Yeah, I, mean, I felt like that was one of the reasons why you would love it, because it really <laughs> is. I do feel like one of the, my visions for the show is that people walk away loving their dads more and appreciating their dads more. I love my dad very much. And we have a complicated relationship, <laughs> like most people. I love, there's a saying that I love that our parents know how to push our buttons because they installed them. <laughs> and so I think, you know, if any of you follow me on Instagram, you know my dad is very charming and really funny. And also it's complicated. These relationships are always complicated. And on the show, I think the through line with my relationship with my dad is that as complicated as it is, Fundamentally, there's so much love and laughter, even in the hardest of times, and that's Tracy's relationship with her real dad, and I just, I think it's so important. I think that's where the tone of the show comes from, too, because we're really aiming for truth in these people, you know, that goal in acting of, like, trying to nail down the true humanity of a character, but we just got really lucky because these people are funny. They're just yeah. really funny humans, so we get to tell the truth and be in joy about it. And and it, it struck me watching, you know, like, it's, it's interesting when there is a lot of love and not a lot of trust. Mm. And I feel like in our... <laughs> Snaps. <laughs> in our, in our non-parental relationships, we can kind of do something about that, right? Like, we can say, you know, this doesn't feel like it's in integrity for me. And, like, if I don't trust this person, maybe I don't want to have sex with them anymore right. or like work with them anymore or right. whatever the case may be. But when it's your parent, it's, <laughs> it's very you, hard to uncouple with your parent. <laughs> it's yeah. really hard. So how, how did you navigate that feeling of like, because you can see so clearly 
she does not trust this man. She does not trust what he says. And then, of course, there's all the love. So how did you explore that? Wow, that is such a good question. <laughs> I think I know something about what it's like to love somebody and not trust them. Mm. You know, maybe not in that relationship in particular, but I've been in relationships where I'm struggling to trust myself, mm -hmm. struggling to trust that person. So trying to kind of pull from that experience and put it into this one. It's interesting, like later on in the series, there's an episode where there's almost an imaginary version of my dad that I'm in conversation with. There's a lot of like inner child work on the show. There's a little girl who plays my inner child who I talk to <laughs> on the great. show. She's amazing. <laughs> you have not lived till you've seen an eight-year-old girl say like fucking the same hoe. <laughs> um, so great. I'm, I'm so grateful to her parents for like allowing us to, to explore her talents. That filthy mouth is so funny. But I think, um, oh God, I've lost track of what I was saying. <laughs> oh, so there's a, this imaginary version of Delroy, of, of the character of my dad, Edwin. In some ways, Paige has more of a relationship with the imaginary father than she does with the real one, because that's who she spent her life with. So kind of just getting real about all of that stuff and trying to fold it into the experience. And Tracy McMillan actually wrote a beautiful memoir about her experiences. There's a line in the pilot that how you got parented is how you partner and that's what her book is yeah, about. Yeah, she says, remember that parent and partner are one letter apart. One letter apart. Mm -hmm. So brilliant. Yeah, and so I, the book is really about like how the complexity of her relationship with her dad has made it hard for her to be in romantic relationships and yeah. I did a deep dive in that book and yeah. Yeah, it's funny too, the, it's like the, you know, especially with the parent as a kid, like you carry such a strong projection of, right? It's like your parent is like this larger yes. than life. They're your sun and your moon, even if they're very flawed people, right? Because they all are. They we all are. We, we, all we are. are all flawed. Yes. I think that's also one of the things that drew me to the show is, is that three-generational storyline you talked about, because I think so much of what it's about is, it's not just a father-daughter story, it's also a mother-son story, it's also a grandfather-grandson story, and it's, I identify so much with that sandwich generation as somebody who has young children and has aging parents, and that dance of really taking care of both. Yeah, absolutely. Let's take a quick break to talk about one of our partners. This year, we launched a new Goop travel series called The Goop List. I wanted a way to share annually what I found to be the best of the best, from my favorite places to stay in Italy to a truly special spa in Costa Rica. If you are inspired to travel more this year, perhaps because you perused our recommendations on The Goop List, hosting on Airbnb is excellent for people who frequently travel. The beauty of hosting on Airbnb is that while you're away, someone else can get as much joy from your home as you do. Alongside frequent travelers, Airbnb is also great for those who have extra space or an in-law suite that isn't always being used. If you've stayed at an Airbnb before, you know the unique experience it offers. Now you can share that same experience with others while earning some extra income. To learn more about hosting on Airbnb, head to airbnb.com slash host. Okay, let's get back to the conversation. So it's based on a real person yeah. who is a relationship counselor or therapist. Yeah. And in, in the show, 
you are one of these therapists that's like on social media talking about your problems and you know which is like a real thing i mean it's a way that huge and 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 there's a there's a part of it i think that just is like a pre-internet kid like i i always wrestle a little bit with like why are we having to put everything on social media and like Chase, who you just met from our video team, like, I'm always like, Chase, I don't want to be on Instagram, you know? <laughs> and yet, especially around the topic of mental health, which, or anything really that's like heavily stigmatized, social media is this way to destigmatize. And it was funny, like, the quick arc I went through, like, oh my gosh, this character is going to be like on talking about. It. And then I was like, oh, wait, but this is, this is how you change culture, right? By, and the way, and the tools right now are social media. So even though I'm like an old lady trying to like get with the times of how this stuff works and like, or I guess more like get comfortable with it. Mm. What was that like for you? Because you're a really private person and how did you sort of so fully embody a character that was so comfortable on social media and kind of like growing her business via social media channels? Yeah, I, I, again, did a really deep dive on Tracy McMillan because she is on social media a I lot. I need to she's find fantastic. out more about her. Yeah, she's so, so wonderful. She has a show on OWN called Family or Fiance, and she's really fun. <laughs> Wait, what does that mean? It's like choosing... Are your... you my cousin or are you my no. fiance? No. <laughs> oh. No, it's like you have to choose between this per marrying this person oh, or are you going to okay. be in loyalty to your fiancé or in loyalty to your family? Okay, it's when the families it. don't get along with the fiancé. Oh. So she's all about kind of going into these homes and healing relationships. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah. So I really stole a lot from her, but I have I found a lot of freedom in my relationship with my dad on social media. Like... My yeah, talk a little bit about that. <laughs> so I am really private on social, and I, I have still yet to ever post a picture of my kids. Yep. But my, I decided that somebody had to take one for the team, right? Like, so I needed to have more of my personal life out in the world, and my dad was, like, waiting in the wings because he is... This is, I mean, he just wants to be famous so badly. So this is perfect. It was like the perfect arrangement. I remember we filmed our first video in the craft service truck while I was doing Little Fires with Reese. And I showed her the edit of the video and she was like, he is everything. And I was like, I know. So he's become like the star. Of he's my the family. mascot. He is. And he, you know, it really does allow for me to kind of, those, like the dad, I have a dad joke series that I do with him, right, where he tells dad jokes. And in real life, dad jokes are so annoying. Like when my dad tells his jokes, I'm always rolling my eyes. And, but when I put them on social media, I'm like, this is brilliant. He's so <laughs> lovable. Like, look at how wonderful he is. So I think I tried to lean into that idea of like sometimes when we can be more public, it lifts some of the shame or yeah. the discomfort. It like there's an embrace of our truths when we don't hide them, when we share them. And I think that Paige does a lot of that. She just like puts her truths out there because yeah. she knows that it will make people feel less alone. Yeah. And it's funny because I do think that's what we're trying to do with the show. Also, like there are 80 million Americans walking around with criminal records. 
So if you think about every single one of those people having a story of re-entry into society, and yeah. then that each of them is surrounded by a circle of people that love them and that went through their own adjustment period of, of re-entry. So the show is about so many of us yeah. in this country. So many of us can relate, but we're not talking about it. We're not, we tell a lot of stories about what it's like to go into prison, a lot of stories about what it's like to be in prison, but we don't talk about the real challenges of coming out and how that impacts families and lovers and children yeah. and so. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So going back to the mental health piece of that, like, and I can't wait to watch the rest of the show, but do you, you know, it seems like, right, so you're on social media, you're being very transparent about like your stuff and, and it's very kind of out there, but then, and I don't know where it's going, so, but it seems like and I, I think it resonated so much with me because I'm always looking for my blind spots, which Ooh. is really hard because they're blind spots. Yeah, and yes. so, and I'm like, my blind, like, what are they? And I want people to tell me what they are. Yeah, and same. I think one of the ways of kind of tricking yourself that you don't have blind spots is to be like, I'm really vulnerable and I'm putting Ooh. it all, you know, mm -hmm. out there. So does your character... Like, does the father end up teaching her something about her own, like, blind spots and what yes. she has left to learn? Absolutely. And what are those things? Well, I mean, sh her inability to trust him, of course, bleeds into her inability to be in healthy romantic relationships. Yeah, it seems like you have a weird white boyfriend. Very who... weird white boyfriend. <laughs> <laughs> Very weird, um, and who is played by the lovely Tim Daly. Um, but yes, there are other romantic interests that come along okay, as well, great. and so we get to see her kind of working mm -hmm. through her stuff. And her dad does point out her blind spots in big right. ways. Yeah, yeah. Does your dad point out your blind spots in real life? I think my interactions with my dad sometimes reveal my yeah. blind spots to me. Yes. Right, yes, like I'm like, totally. that? like why am I suddenly a 14-year-old child in the, at this dinner table? Like, what is it about me that's getting worked up yeah. that I can't be the woman that I am in every other room? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I get that. Sometimes I get, I get aware of my limitations or my lack of boundaries or, yeah. Mm. And who are the people in your life that you really, like, that really do hold that space for you to talk about your blind spots or? Mm. Yeah, my husband, big time. My therapist, mm -hmm. plural, <laughs> big time. Like my regular therapist, How my many couples therapists. therapist. You know? <laughs> I have a regular one, a couples one. And then my really, you know, really good old friends, you yeah. know, yeah. Do you have friends from Spence still? I do, I do. I'm not as close to them. As I would like to be. Yeah. I know you do. I do. Were you there from kindergarten? Through? No, seventh through twelve. Okay, okay, okay. Great. Were you seventh through twelve? Yes, also yeah, seventh also through twelve. The ones who are there from kindergarten through twelve we call survivors. <laughs> Which sounds pejorative. It does. But I'm glad I was there from seventh through yes, twelve. Yes, me yeah. too. Such a great school. It was it was a good time. So in terms of like the generations of therapy. You know, I feel like I certainly and, and, and definitely like my friends who are younger than me, there's a, such an openness about talking about mental health. Yeah. And, you know, I even see with my own kids who are, 
gosh, 18 and 16, like there's a sort of fluency with how, how they feel about something or if they have worries about something or they're naming like their anxiety or... Mm. Do you think that like in terms of doing your research of playing a therapist, like is this a good thing that, you know, because it's sort of, I look at kind of my parents' generation, it was so stoic and there wasn't a lot of like exploration of self or in that way, really. Yeah. And sometimes I think like, you know, like where is the boundary of kind of putting everything, you know, mm. processing everything live all the time with mm -hmm. everybody listening and then the internal piece of like, not that we, I would ever want to go back to like my parents' generation, but how, like, what do you think the sort of line is there? Do you think it's healthy? I guess the best way is just to like let it all out all the time and, or do you think we need more internal processing as well? I've been thinking about this a lot actually because I've been in the process of writing a memoir, which is what? so crazy for me being as private as I am. I love this. <laughs> I cannot wait for this. And I do, I, I've been asking a lot of myself like how much is too much? Is there too much? What's the point of it? And I, I feel like for me, it really is very individual. And for me, it's a lot about intention. Mm -hmm. Like what is, am I doing this to get attention, to, sometimes I think the, the very external processing without any internal process can do more harm than good, right? right? Like that, I love that expression, like, say what you mean, mean what you say, don't say it mean. And I like to give myself time to process so that when I'm saying what I'm saying, I, I can try to say it without saying it mean. Mm. So I, I don't know, I, I, I don't know how much is too much. I know for me, I've erred on doing more privately yeah. than publicly, but it was interesting, it is really interesting to play a character who is so expressive and shares so much of her process because this character was a lot more free than other mm -hmm. characters I played. Like the title Unprisoned is not just about the prison industrial complex, it's also about like being unprisoned in our hearts, learning to love each other more and be more ourselves in our relationships. And it was really exciting to play a character who's just so open, yeah. you know? She's so, she's also messy, like <laughs> so messy, but she's not afraid of that. And I think there's some, real freedom and, and lightness and there's there's power in that in some ways because she doesn't have a lot of shame about being a person who's in process which yeah. is what we all are you know we just are like we have different levels of performativity of how good we're feeling on a given day and sometimes that performativity is appropriate appropriate right like i don't need to walk into my all-stars, that's what we call our all-hands meeting, like our all-stars meeting and just like put all my crap out there on my employees every day. Like there are appropriate places and times for me to express different things, right. but yeah. That's amazing. Uh, Wait, so what did you, what have you found the, like what is the reason for the memoir? Like have you figured out why you're writing it? Yeah, I started to get some new information about my family a few years ago. And it was really beginning to impact, almost immediately, it, it started to impact how I thought about myself and my relationship with my parents. And I wanted to process that and share it and not be 
not have shame around it, not right. feel like I had to keep it a secret. So your intention is to, is it to help other people as well, like process through or, or how, like understand how they relate to their own shame or? I think it's to like share my process of, well, I started to ask myself about my relationship with truth and about my relationship with my own instincts. Wow, what brought that on? This new information. Oh, God. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, I really, I wanted to share that process of like healing my own relationship with truth and with my sense of trusting myself. Wow. I sense the third live podcast coming <laughs> when this book comes out. <laughs> I'm going to send it to you early. I'm gonna when send is it, it coming out? In the you fall. Better. Oh, my yeah, God. Yeah, this so is so exciting. Yeah. I yeah. love that. You know, you do so many things. Like, you're such, and also just, you know, when I was thinking about you writing a book, like, you also are so inspiring. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you're, I've been lucky to know you, you know, like, like this in and out throughout the years. And, and you have an amazingly inspiring story. And you have so much intellect and strength and, like, the way you bring all these interests together. And feels like a book. I don't know now that you say it, it feels like a really intuitive thing to be able to create your own narrative and... Oh, that's so... You know what's funny? Thank you, first of all. It, what's funny is I've, I built this company at Simpson Street where we talk about upending the idea of other and this firm belief that we have at my production company that every single one of us is at the center of the story of our lives. That yeah. each one of us is the protagonist of our own story and none of, hi Katie. <laughs> and, and that none of us is um, relegated to being a supporting character. We can choose to be supporting characters and we must choose to be supporting characters and forces in people's lives, but that fundamentally that's a choice because we know that we're the hero of our own journey. Right. And that has been kind of how I've operated and how I've chosen projects as an actor and as a producer, but I realized I was not the center of my personal Ooh, life, right. that I was not living as the protagonist of my own story. Yeah. And that was part of why I wrote the book. I was like, what is that, you know, what is this story of my life and how do I center myself and figure out what my story is and not be afraid of it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I recognize you. She's, are you on Scandal? Yes, it's Quinn Perkins from Scandal. Oh my god, I'm starstruck. <laughs> when you're talking about friends. Oh my god, how great. Mm -hmm. Should we talk about Scandal? We can. <laughs> Katie actually has a podcast about Scandal. Really? It's like a, a rewatch podcast that she does with Guillermo, who played Hawk. And I just was a guest on it, but it hasn't aired yet, right? My episode. No, I think it does maybe next. Soon, yeah. Okay, um, I will be. You're a great guest. She's a great podcast. She's yes, a I great. <laughs> you see, I recommend the live podcast angle for I Carrie Washington. <laughs> <laughs> but so obviously, you know, I love Scandal. I was obsessed with it, and you know, having you, it was also really, I don't know, so sweet for me to watch you like this big star of like a. <laughs> network TV show and everything. I was so proud. I was so, I remember like, it was like an, a Grammy week party when you ran up to me and you were like, I'm watching. And I was like, oh my gosh. I was so excited. You've always been so supportive. Well, of course, I mean, 
And so now you're starring in another yes. TV show. Yes, so I returned to television. Like, and so this will go, this isn't just a limited series. No, of, oh, we, how we, we have a few seasons in okay. us. There's a few seasons to this story. And I love it because, again, I, most of the work I've done is very serious, dramatic work. But you know, one of the most thrilling weeks of my life was hosting SNL. Like, I love comedy, yeah. and I love being able to you know, I feel like on the piano there are like dramatic keys and comedic keys and I just love having the full range on this show that yeah. I don't get to, I don't have to choose, I really get to have all those colors of who we are. Yeah, yeah. it's great because we are like that. Yes, I mean, we have you're very funny. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> so when you think about, you know, people watching the show, like what do you hope is it kind of around that dispelling of shame or like being free to share? Like, what do you hope if someone was going to say, I want to, I'm going to watch this show and I hope to be inspired in this way? Like, yeah. what, what would you hope for them? A few things, but I think mostly the show is about a, a bunch of people who are really trying to do better and be better for themselves and each other. And I, I hope that that's what people walk away with this sense of wanting to be their best selves, wanting to love each other more, wanting to figure out how to be more forgiving and in radical acceptance of ourselves and our loved ones. And yes, like letting go of the shame about the secrets that our families hold and the things that make our family and our, ourselves feel different, that those are the things that make us beautiful, mm. you know? And, and to be willing to think more about our justice system and the ways that it is doing damage to families and how we can all do better when it comes to you know enacting policies that support returning citizens and reforming the system so that we provide opportunities for people to really change and be in a rehabilitation process as opposed to suffering their entire lives for one wrong choice often yeah. you know are you getting more involved in that aspect of the community? I am. You know what's interesting is I've been invited to get involved more in criminal justice work, but I've also been involved, invited to get more involved in the foster care oh, system yeah. work. That because is, that is desperate. My character, because her dad was in prison her whole life, was in and out of foster homes. One of my favorite characters in the show is this incredible, I have a sister on the show who's my foster sister who was in and out of Korean orf orphanages her whole life. So it's just a, it's such a fun show where it's like this black woman with a Korean sister and a white stepmom and a, it's just, it's really fun and so real, like with the world we live in, you know? Yeah. And it, it strikes me just about what you were saying before, you know, we need community when we're on a journey of self-exploration and we, we want to improve ourselves. And the only way I think you can track progress in a way is if you have people around you who love you and are holding you accountable. It's like, you know, sometimes you could be in a vacuum sort of having therapy and doing yes. work, but unless you're sort of sharing that with your, the closest people to you and they're an active participant, and that's really what it seems like, you know, the, the, the direction the show is going in. And, also for me in my life, like if I, if I didn't have people around me that I love, you know, holding me accountable and being a process, it's like, it would be such a lonely way. It's so true. I mean, I think that's why 
I was on a red carpet last night and they were like, you wear so many hats, actor and director and producer, and what's your favorite hat? And I was like, hands down, wife and mother. Right? <laughs> yeah. Because those are the, that's where the accountability comes in. And that's where, you know, the person I want to be is the person who honors those relationships closest to me. Okay, so my last question for you. I, I want to ask you a little bit about wellness because yes, we're, we're at Goop, Goop you yes. know? And so will you tell me, will you share with us a little bit about what your wellness practice is in your life? What, what are the things that you actively choose to do that make you feel whole and integrated? Hmm. We were talking earlier, I love to walk. I, like movement in general, fitness for me is a big part of that. I'm a big Pilates girl, huge Pilates girl. Erica Bloom Pilates in New York. I've been working with her forever. Okay. I love her very much. And walking and cardio and I try to eat whole foods. I really need to be better about sleep. I know that sleep is such a huge factor in yeah. overall wellness and so that I have to do. And I'm off and on with the meditation. I try, I tend to meditate about four or five mornings. I'm not all That's seven. That's pretty good. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, thank you for coming. Thank, thank you for you. sharing with thank us. Thank you for having thank me. Thank you all for being thank here. Thank you guys. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Carrie Washington. Her new show, Unprisoned, is out now. Thanks for tuning in. This has been a presentation of Cadence 13 Studios. I hope you'll listen, follow, rate, and review all of our episodes, which are available for free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Odyssey, or wherever you get your podcasts.